0: Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Anika and I, and sometimes Kelly, are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know some love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whichever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. (sighs) Welcome back to the recap, take two. Erin forgot to hit record. Yeah. So this is actually the second time we're talking about this. This is the August 7th episode. This week we have Kristen Lester with us. I'm really excited to be adding voices to the podcast. We have her this week and a couple of surprises coming up over the next few
1: weeks. Kristen, could you start by introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yep. My name is Kristen and I have four kids. We live outside of DC and um, yeah, I've just been really enjoying digging into the word more uh, through the studies, through Ruth and um, through the wonderful ministry that you girls have started. So really excited to dive in with you today. You've been doing the recap with us, right? Or not the recap, but
0: the Bible reading plan for the yes, most part. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's been nice. And actually, whenever you post something in the the members page, I absolutely, whenever you contribute, even in Bible study, I love it. It's yeah. so grateful for your voice. Thank
1: you. Yes. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Yep. You grow us. So we're going to start in Judges and we're going to work our way through Acts. It should be much shorter. It should be really, <laughs> really We're going to hit all the high points. <laughs> yes. But we were talking about the depravity of man in general, but how it's shown that the judges just continually get worse and worse. When I read Samson, he just came across as a selfish child to me. And I remember him sort of as a Bible hero when I read about him in the past as a kid. So now to mm-hmm. read it, it's, he's just a big baby that ends up leading the country because God said so, <laughs> basically. You know, like there's no, There's nothing like remarkable. There's remarkable things about him. He's clearly incredibly strong, but he's not hugely God-fearing. You don't see any in, like beautiful relationship between him and God. God just basically sets him apart as a Nazarite. Everything else, it kind of seems like his motivations are all pretty selfish. Down to this very last act of pulling down the temple, it says that basically Delilah convinces him to cut off his hair and he loses all of his strength. And so they end up capturing him because of that. In my version, it says, chapter 16, verse 22, it says, But his hair, though cut off, began to grow again. So they did note that even relating, it almost seems to relate to his hair, that he ended up with strength again. Um, and his very last request is to kind of get even with them. And they, he's brought out as a showed, as a spectacle. And he says, lean me up against a pillar. And they lean him up against a pillar. And he uses that very moment to bring down the temple on everybody. And it says they killed more people in his death than he killed in his life.
1: But it wasn't to bring glory to God. It was mm-hmm. really to, it seems mm-hmm. like it was to bring glory to himself. Mm-hmm. Well, two things stuck out to me initially. One was the idea that Samson prioritized his relationship with Delilah tremendously over his relationship with God to start with, right? Which is a good reminder that any relationship, even a good marriage relationship, should always come secondary to um, honoring God and investing in that relationship. Not to say that he believed in God before Delilah. We don't know. There isn't a lot that goes to show, but we know at the end that he trusted God. Mm. He he trusted God to use him Mm. in a way that, yes, he was selfish, egocentric, and probably full of pride. But the glory is that in verse 14, it says, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him. Mm -hmm. So the indiscriminate, outpouring, touching of God's spirit on someone, even as crass, maybe, or self-sufficient seeming, you know, seem to be as Samson. It's comforting to me to know, yeah. hey, when God moves, there is no rhyme or reason, Mm -hmm. and there is always a beautiful fallout.
0: Yeah, there's not a rhyme or reason that we can see. There's always a rhyme or reason to everything that he does, which is crazy, because to us, it almost always looks the exact opposite of how it should look. Why Mm -hmm. would he pick such a selfish, childish to work through? But then... To your point before, like, why would he do that with any of us? That is who we are. Hey there. I just wanted to take a quick break to let you know that if you're enjoying our reading plan, but you're looking to dive deeper into the text using the Bible as your source, you would love our dive studies. When you become a member of Dive Collective, you get access to all of our interactive group studies. We begin the Book of Mark on August 11th. We'll dive deep into one chapter per week. You'll have the opportunity to participate in live online video discussion with Annika and I and the rest of the Bible study group. Our next studies begin August 11th, so be sure to sign up at divecollective.org before we start. We would love to study with you soon.
2: Well, as you were talking and giving an overview of the story, I was thinking this is a an individual example of the same thing we see with the Israelites, which is the same thing we see with humanity in general, right? Samson was set apart as a Nazarite before he was born. God chose the Israelites to be his people for no reason other than that he chose them to be his people. There was nothing spectacular or special about them. Yet he chooses, like he pours his spirit out on Samson and he works through the Israelites to bring about ultimately Jesus. And he works through his people.
0: I think what's comforting about it is that other times you see it, it almost seems like God always picks the least of these, the meek or the humble or the whatever. And so what's cool about this story is that, no, he, cho- he, he chooses even the childish, incompetent, arrogant, fly by the seat of their pants, undisciplined people in the world. Like, we are those things. We're the mm-hmm. weakest, but we're also the most selfish. And he could still choose us. He does still choose us. He does still choose us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we start out with in Judges. And then we move to Micah. He goes and fashions this idol. And he hires a Levite priest who's one of the Israelites. Who He finds him in the countryside and says, hey, come be my priest. And help me worship this idol that I fashioned. And the Levite's like, okay, sure, sounds good. <laughs> and they go on doing this. And then these the Danites come and they decide that they want the idol. And they take him off. And Micah gets mad and goes
2: after them. Dan comes and they take the idol from Micah and worship it. Right. As a, it becomes mm-hmm. like their community. Yeah. At the very end mm-hmm. of 18, they set it for themselves. Micah's carved image that he had made, and it was there as long as the house of God was in Shiloh. So this was a long time that they worshiped this fake God that Micah decided to make that this random Levite priest. Helps yeah. them worship
0: right alongside the same right. god and jonathan the son of Gershom, the son of moses so moses's grandson and his descendants were the priests the tribe of dan to the land's captivity so we're only two generations from moses and they've already forgotten their god and then we come to the story of the levite which is atrocious so the story is that this guy he marries a concubine they fight a lot the concubine runs away to her dad's house after several months, the Levite decides that he wants her back. He goes to the dad's house and the dad invites him to party over and over and over. It tries to keep him late until finally he's like, no, I'm actually leaving after several days, which I guess I thought there was going to be a point to that, but there
2: really yes, was. Yes. I kept waiting for the dad to do something <laughs> terrible is what I like as I'm reading. Yeah. This, what is he trying to do here? It, he just wanted his daughter it, to stay maybe.
0: Well, I actually think the point is to illustrate just how like, These people were all about themselves at this point. Like they're just doing whatever they feel like doing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. total pleasure. So then he leaves the father's house eventually and he takes his concubine with him and they go and they're traveling back. And along the way, they were going to stop. The Levites basically like, I don't want to stop in any foreign nation. I want to stay, stop among my people. So he stops in um, Gibeah, which is in the land of Benjamin or the Benjamites. So he stays with this old man. He's having a conversation with him, and they're drinking until late in the night. Until finally, the entire it says they were relaxed and enjoying themselves when the men of the city, a gang of local hellraisers, all surrounded the house and started pounding on the door. They yelled for the owner of the house, the old man, bring out the man who came to your house. We want to have sex with him. Which of course is Lot. Yeah, Lot. Which yeah, this is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. So like, we're basically seeing how the Israelites have gone from God's people to the kind of people that God destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is it. I'm done with all of you. So anyway, they ask him and the the guy says, no, I'll bring out my daughters, my virgin daughters and my concubine to you. But instead the Levite shoves his concubine, his argumentative concubine out the door to them and they rape her all night long and leave her for dead at the doorstep. He picks her up. And he takes her home. He cuts her into 12 pieces and sends her to all the different tribes and says, look what the Benjamites did. All of the tribes go to war against Benjamin
1: and they basically destroy them. What a mess. Yeah. What a mess they make, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like the whole book of Judges was just like the cycle we, I think we've talked about it. Just mm. disobedience, hearts turn away from God. Then God's discipline has to come and then repentance finally, and then deliverance, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's almost, I feel like as I was reading, God was just kind of in the background. He seemed absent, but he was just waiting Mm
0: -hmm. for them to
1: get enough, so sick and and tired of their sin that they're willing to repent. And Mm -hmm. a, a willing heart bent in repentance is one that spurs God's heart to move in deliverance. So even after yeah just cycle upon cycle god was still faithful still faithful still faithful but they but it was conditional he he wanted them to want to be with him before mm-hmm. he would move towards them right he was always moving towards them but he doesn't want a people who doesn't want who don't want to be with
2: him
0: honestly i feel like you just took us right to jeremiah
2: mm-hmm. am i right yeah yeah well all of Israel goes and fights against this tribe of Benjamin and they kill everybody except for what, like 600 men or something. So then they realize, um, yeah. shoot, they're going to be no more Benjaminites. So we need to find wives for these guys, which reminded me of what you were just saying, Kristen and Jeremiah, how this week I feel like this is a theme of prophets um, mm-hmm. well, scripture in general, I guess, but God is about restoring them his people. In Jeremiah 30, verse 11, it says, I will discipline you justly, and I will by no means leave you unpunished. But then you keep reading a few verses down, he's talking about restoring Zion again. Nevertheless, I will bring you health and heal your wounds. So like you were saying, Kristen, that cycle of disobedience and discipline, that's part of the covenant. God made this covenant with his people. Discipline, repentance, restoration. Yes. Yes god is keeping his promise there was another passage i think a couple weeks ago in jeremiah where god says like i will discipline you just like i promised this i told you this was going to happen that discipline is always a result of our choices people's choices to reject whatever Mm -hmm. god has told us and then there's repentance and restoration because of Mm -hmm. god's everlasting love
0: yes I love that we were talking about the covenant that they had with uh, that God has had established with them. We've talked about multiple times over the past few weeks that the covenant that God had with them was you obey me and I will always, I will always stay near and protect you. And then I love that in Jeremiah 32, towards the end, we see 37 through 40 says, what's more, I'll make a covenant with them that will last forever, a covenant to stick with them no matter what to work for their good. I'll fill their hearts with a deep respect for me. So they'll not even think of turning from me. So the old covenant, I think that's what you call it, Kristen, the mosaic covenant. That's probably the correct term for it. The mosaic covenant that he had established with them versus the new covenant that we live under right now. And that's what he's talking about here is that what's more, I'll make a covenant with them that will last forever. A covenant to stick with them no matter what. It's not contingent on obedience any longer. It's about I promise that I will stick with you, that I will be with you. And it, and, he, and he does because he puts a spirit in us. He, I'll fill their hearts with a deeper stick for me so they'll not even think of turning away from me. And
1: that is that, that Holy Spirit in us, that he, it's God in us. And it's the same love that Ruth showed to Naomi in that it's almost like love without an exit strategy. Hesed like, love, yes. I, yeah. yeah, like I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to do good to you. I'm going to love you no matter what I might get or gain from doing so. The idea that hesed love is that covenant love and God in his mercy is not, you know, when we read Judges and we read Jeremiah and we read about the transgressions of Israel, it's real easy to fall into the trap of, wow, God was, you know, he was, he was mean. you know, he was all about judgment and all about, but the truth is God wants to dwell among his people. And he is a holy God and he cannot live and dwell among an unholy people. And he is always, always making a way for him to dwell with his people. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the the beauty of the new covenant is that we have that Holy Spirit, the very spirit of Jesus Mm -hmm. yeah, living in us. And that's that's unity with the Father. Nothing we did merits it. We can't ever lose it. It's powerful stuff. The Mm -hmm. idea of I'm gonna do good to you, because I've made an oath to and mm-hmm. I'm so stubborn in my love for you. I'm not backing down it makes no matter what of, you do. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I mean, I've, as you're talking, I'm like, I'm thinking of
0: Samson it's like, that's us. Like we are the, ch- even the fact that we are childish children completely wrapped up in ourselves and he's, and you're mine. And I will put my spirit mm-hmm. in you and I will dwell with you and in all of your childish for no
1: good reason, except that I just mm-hmm. love you. Like, mm-hmm. And the idea that he wants to be where we are, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, all the time. That's the story of the gospel. It's not just redemption and all he's done for us. The goal of redemption was fellowship with the father.
2: It wasn't just to be redeemed. It was a means to an end that God might dwell with his people. In Jeremiah 31, where it's talking about the new covenant, I wrote, Jesus is coming out mm-hmm. on this. That's what God did when he sent Jesus. He, in 31, 34, I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. He can do that because of Jesus, because mm-hmm. Jesus paid the price for all of that. So when God sees us now, we're clothed in righteousness. And so mm-hmm. because we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, God dwells with us. Like, yeah. it, the, the way that those pieces connect and gets mind blowing because of Jesus, he dwells with us and yeah. then he gives us the spirit.
1: Yes. Well, and the idea of hesed love being always demonstrative, demonstrative. It's yeah. always being, something's being done towards us. It's not this idea of agape love, you know, where it's maybe mm-hmm. an emotion or a thought or a feeling. No, this is like straight demonstration of this is how much I love you. And our hearts should always be postured to respond in gratitude, because we can't even understand it. But he's always, he's always demonstrating this love, this unconditional love that he has for us. I love that. Which, which is outrageous. He's always inviting, inviting us in, inviting us in. Mm -hmm. There was
0: before we leave Jeremiah. There's just one more thing that I think is actually going to be the great. This will be a great bridge to Acts. Speaking of that new covenant. Jeremiah 31, verses 33 through 34 says, This is the brand new covenant that I will make with Israel when the time comes. I will put my law within them, write it on their hearts, and be their God, and they will be my people, and they will no longer go around setting up schools to teach each other about God. They'll know me firsthand, the dull and the bright, the smart and the slow. I'll wipe the slate clean for each of them. I'll forget they ever sinned. Guys, they'll know me firsthand, the dull and the bright, the smart and the slow. There's nothing that can keep God from being known, fully known when it comes to the spirit of God. There's nothing that disqualifies or makes somebody any less qualified. We are equally, we have equal access to all of the depths of God. We don't need to be taught because he dwells in us. This is so good. And so this is what, one of the things I've talked to you about, Annika, a lot is that when we talk about the gospel, like you often hear people give the gospel and it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is the gospel. but I love here in, um, Acts at the end of 18, right before we get into our reading for the week, it's talking about Apollos and Apollos comes from Alexandria. He's going to be a really bright guy who's been educated in oration and he comes and he's preaching about this Jesus. Yeah. In Ephesus, which is another group of really bright people. These are Greeks. So he comes to this, to the Ephesus, and he starts preaching the gospel. And Achilla and Priscilla and Priscilla are both there and they're listening to him. And it says Apollos was accurate in everything he taught about Jesus up to a point, but he only went as far as the baptism of John. He preached with power in the meeting place. When Priscilla and Achilla heard him, they took him aside and told him the rest of the story. And basically, they're like in the rest of the story, he's telling them, like, no, it's not just. You don't just have knowledge of Jesus, like you actually, the Holy Spirit was poured out on us, and we all have access to the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us. And so I just love Priscilla and the killer. like, yes, that's all the good news.
1: Also, yes, the Spirit of more. the living God is alive in us. And the I idea watch. that Paul expects all Christians to receive the Holy Spirit, because he says, you know, in chapter 19, did you receive the Spirit when you believed? Like, mm-hmm. those should go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you believe? And clearly he states the importance there throughout all of his writings. But yeah, that's that's where the power is. That's where the power comes. You know, like in the upper room, the disciples were waiting. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit because mm. that's what gives boldness and, and clarity of, of our mission.
0: I mean, we can know about him, but it's because of the Holy Spirit we can actually know him um, because it's his spirit in us. And I love that because I think that was the connection that we were talking about earlier that they had to follow the law in the old covenant. Mm-hmm. In this new covenant with the Holy Spirit in us, the law is mm-hmm. literally, what did you say you uh, painted on our heart? Painted it's,
1: on like a wall. Like I just see the Lord yeah. applying <laughs> that paint, picture yeah, to our
0: hearts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like the law is just written all over us. We know, we know, we know when we're, we know when we're following it, we know when we disobey it, but our desire, like spirit, when we are walking and stuff with the Holy Spirit, it's to obey us and he shows us the way. So good. Anything else like really pressing from Acts? It's a big picture of the hand of God, the way that he's Mm -hmm. like, well, Paul's just determination. I think is a thing that stands out. Paul knows, he says, the Holy Spirit's told me time and again that I'm going to experience tremendous hardship when I go to Jerusalem. So let's go. He's in it for the long haul with God, like whatever it takes, he's going to glorify God. God is going to glorify himself in our lives. That's what he does. So we can be willing participants <laughs> or we can be unwilling participants and the way that paul's i'm in and he goes he he's not surprised when he's taken to all these different places and he's put on trial and the mm-hmm. access that he gets to kings mm-hmm. to share the gospel mm-hmm. is unbelievable really but that's all the providence in the hand of god
2: kristen you brought the to live as christ today i mean Verse Paul. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, 21 verse 14, about how they were trying to persuade him. They were trying to help in their heart. They meant well, right? But ultimately, Paul's like, why are you breaking my heart? I'm not ready to only be bound, but to die. And, you know, they don't understand the circumstances and they're just like, okay, the Lord's will be done. But yeah, I think the beautiful thing here is we see Paul's heart and his excitement. The point is he knows what he is about to encounter once he passes from this world that the excitement of spending eternity with Jesus is real in Paul's heart. And it's that that is driving him to not fear death and to be willing to go where the spirit leads, knowing ultimately that it might likely be the end of his life. I really like the way that my version
0: writes it. it says, the issue in Jerusalem is not what they do to me, whether arrest or murder, but what the master Jesus does through my obedience. Can't you Ooh. see that? His obedience to go and no matter the cost. Mm-hmm. like he knows that Jesus is going to do magnificent things through his suffering. And he's like, it's worth it it's, right. it's not, for whatever gain there is for Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go through whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I read the other day that in, you know, I was, I forget what it was, but it was this very idea of, are we willing to be expendables, expendable soldiers in the, you know, in the army for God, that's a heavy, heavy thought. And to read this, is like, man, Paul was such an honorable, but the truth is he
2: loved Jesus. Like he wanted to be with him. That's Mm -hmm. the
1: bottom line. Yeah, I think the
2: thing that blows my mind uh, about Paul is the in-between. Like Paul, Paul not only was willing to die for Jesus, that almost seems mm -hmm. like the easy part because he knew what was waiting for him on the other side. But he also knew that that process was probably going to be humanly speaking miserable he was going to be imprisoned and bound and tortured and be like there was a lot he was going to have to go through to get to that point and it still didn't phase him like he just
0: Mm -hmm. i totally forgot about this earlier but even beyond that this is how good our god is that when we do those things when we are willing to go the distance God shows up. He shows us that he's there. Like he he sh- gives us signs and signposts to say you are on the right track. This is and so I love this chapter 23 verse 11. That night the master appeared to Paul. It's going to be all right. Everything is going to turn out for the best. You've been a good witness for me here in Jerusalem. Wow. Now you're going to be my witness
1: in Rome. Powerful stuff right there.
0: Just this morning I was praying because I'm feeling, I'm just longing for his, like to feel his presence. I'm longing to know that like, I don't want my reading and my work to be just something that I do, you know, like I want it to be, I want to, I want fire in my belly. Like, in some respects, everything that I'm doing, I'm just doing it as the next step. Like this is the next obedient step forward. I'm doing, I'm I'm writing the articles and kind of plodding along. So anyway, I went to Psalm 119. It's just, it's a prayer that I've been It's a psalm I've been praying a while ago that's just really been speaking to me about his word and signposts is written in it a lot. Mm. Um, But that's what I've asked. I was just reading from the beginning. And one of the things that I was asking is, you know, just, I want some signposts. I want to be encouraged. I want your marvelous works. And it was funny because I prayed that and then I got up and I started working for the day and, and then I got a call from Michelle and Michelle is one of our members that she called me and she was like, Hey, I was thinking about. She had a contribution that she wanted to contribute to the collective, basically. And that's so like, does that make sense? Like, it feels like such a... um...
2: It's almost like what just happened in Acts. Yeah. It was like a reminder for you to keep doing the next thing almost. Like, this is what I've called you to do and do it.
0: yes Yes. people are excited about it I got a similar I got a message from Sally yesterday that gave me sort of that same like pick me up like I believe in this with all of my heart I want all of the fruits of whatever I do to go all back into the vision because I'm I'm 100% with it I just need that encouragement like it's just here and there a little like it's not just doing the works like it's fruit bearing and it's Mm -hmm. giving life and God's so good
1: That reminds me of something real quick I'll share with you that changed my life. Years ago, I was in a rough place and I was um, loading the kids out of the car to do something. And this woman approaches me and she goes, I just feel like the Lord's telling me to tell you that he sees you and he's pleased with you. Because I felt like you said I was just doing the next thing, the next thing. And I I was weary. I was getting weary. But to know that we have a God who sees us and he delights in us. And our obedience is a beautiful offering and sacrifice. It's a pleasing aroma to him. It's such a beautiful reassurance out of his mercy that, you know, he doesn't have to do that, Mm -hmm. but he does it time and time again to just keep our hearts more connected with his. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You just saying that reminded me that like, he's given me those reminders along the way. So great. what's
1: interesting is you had to ask for that too we need to be asking for it. He's willing and wanting, he's wants to, you know, he it's desires true. to give us mm-hmm. that. Right. Yes. But we get so focused on, I need to do this and do this instead of Lord speak to my heart. Like I need, I want to be one with you, connect with you.
0: Yeah. So you we know should be I'm asking do more this for you. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. doing this for you. You know, I want to be doing this for you. So if you could right. just, I need some reminders that this is, Because I don't want to be doing it if it's not what you want me to be doing. The only reason I want to be giving this much time and energy to anything is if I'm right where you want me to be. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. You have ministered to my heart. What a great recap. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth dive studies where we model our process of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org under the studies tab. And we will see you next week.